Are we ready? I oh, guess. I need my lip gloss. One second. Can you get my purse? All important green bag. Ah! ah sorry. <laughs> it's okay with just my eyeball. Oh no! <laughs> Welcome back to <laughs> well, I don't know what I said. Welcome back to First Draft Films from Indie to Hollywood. I'm Kate. I'm Brooke. Today we are going to talk about the styles of filmmaking. Yeah, a little piggyback off our last episode, talking about the stages of filmmaking: pre-production, mm -hmm. production, and post-production. Lots of production. All the production, all the time. <laughs> so I wrote down some notes. I can't see them. Why can't you just see through microphones, Brooke? I thought that was just a common thing. I can see them. <laughs> okay, I love you. <laughs> Hollywood standard. That's what you wrote down. You want to explain? Well, as saying in the car, I wanted you to explain. Oh, that's right. What does Hollywood do? What does a typical film set look like? From, we've never been on one, but what do we know of what they do? Yeah, kind of what we covered yesterday is, is really... Yesterday? Last, last episode. <laughs> uh, that's, that's really what, what happens, as far as I understand, on a, a Hollywood set, whatever that is. Big money, that's what that is. They're often in a studio, they're not on location as much, and they've got huge, huge crews, like... So many people that I don't even know what they do. Like 10 minute long credits, which is wonderful. Yeah. I love getting people involved. Yes, truly. Mm -hmm. Although some of the bigger budget films I've ever seen were actually shot on location. And I think that's in part to their bigger budget because they have the budget to fly everyone out there versus, you know, do the Marvel thing and shoot in a green screen studio in Hollywood. Yeah, like the Star Wars prequels, they did both. They exactly. did a lot of green screen, but they also flew people out to lakes in Italy and to some place yeah. in Rome and uh, I don't know where else. Mm -hmm. uh, Lord of the Rings, another great example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They filmed in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. So much I of it. I go there so bad. Oh my gosh, yes. My dad's been... Lucky. But that was way before Lord of the Rings was filmed there, so. Yeah. And then my grandma went a few years ago and she was like, yeah, we toured the Hobbit hole and everything, and but she has never seen the movie, so she was like, oh yeah, this is a cool thing, that, that is cool, but I what? don't really know what it's about, and we were all like, nice, Graham, good for you. <laughs> someday, someday. Ten year anniversary trip. No, it's gotta be sooner than that. Five year anniversary there trip. There we go. Because we still gotta go to Universal Studios. <laughs> We gotta start with America, I guess. Yeah. We're kind of here, so... Yeah. Anyways, um, uh, the Hollywood standard, yeah. That, I mean, as best as we know, you know, from our research, my research. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the Hollywood standard, you know? You get, a, you get money somehow, either loans or investors. Oftentimes a studio will back it mm -hmm. and then make money off the tickets. Pretty straightforward, very detailed. Lots of people involved. Yeah. Lots of money involved. Um, what we do is not that. Mm -mm. What's the next item on your list? Guerrilla filmmaking. Guerrilla. Spelled 
G U E R R I L L A. Yeah, not gorillas. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that was the most condescending thing I've ever done. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we, oh no! It's okay. Do we want to explain why I did that? No. Okay. Alrighty. Guerrilla filmmaking, as in guerrilla warfare, in the jungle, sneaking around. <laughs> it was funny. We were looking up exact definitions. and the, We the... should read that. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> exact definition of... Do you, can you pull it up? It was okay. a studio... Just type in... I, I typed in guerrilla fi- filmmaking definition, and it was a studio binder oh, yeah. article. And the first one that I scrolled past was a Wikipedia article and it seemed pretty neutral but then the studio binder article came in and they had a very definite slant to it Mm, okay i'm gonna read both of them okay from wikipedia guerrilla filmmaking refers to a form of independent filmmaking characterized by ultra low micro budget wow skeleton how much more micro can you get (laughs) ultra low micro budget Skeleton crews and limited props using whatever resources, locations, and equipment is available. Often scenes are shot quickly in real locations without any warning and without obtaining filming permits, especially that last part. The studio binder definition. Guerrilla filmmaking is a shooting style that is done clandestinely with no film permits, limited props, and usually a bare minimum crew. This usually means shooting on location quickly before anyone else notices what is going on. Preparation beforehand is essential, as is maintaining a low profile. This means not having a big boom mic, lights set up, or having too many crew members around when shooting. And then continue. The term gorilla, or gorilla, <laughs> what? is taken from the Spanish word for a style of warfare waged between small bands of non-professional soldiers and official government military. In filmmaking, you can see how this idea applies, because this filmmaking style is not as organized or legal. <laughs> as a normal movie shoot. While a guerrilla shoot can be organized in its own way, it's still very risky, which is why it's also nicknamed Run and Gun. <laughs> How do you shoot guerrilla style? While we do not endorse the shooting and production style of guerrilla filmmaking, we can provide you with guerrilla filmmaking tips that cover the do's and don'ts. <laughs> it's so snooty! <laughs> the whole article is so oh, snooty. So they don't want you to do it, but then they tell you exactly how to do it. I like. I but actually... if they don't like it, do they really know how to do it? Mm. Or should you take advice from your enemies because your friends are more likely to flatter you? I think we're going down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> Basically, yeah, the the guerrilla filmmaking is less legal if you care about that stuff. Uh, in the world of the arts, legal I feel is subjective. I think the Sorry. the most illegal thing that it's referring to is not is being on private property without permission. Which I I would never want to do. That sounds yeah. Awful. Like why would you just sneak into somebody's backyard? Like that's just extremely creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I think the same thing would also to apply to like abandoned buildings and stuff that I find very tempting. Yeah. <laughs> but, Even as ultra low micro budget filmmakers, ultra low micro budget. We, you know, I, I would always want to at least try to get mm-hmm. a property owner's permission. We've done that on every shoot, to my knowledge. There was an event center. We actually rented. Yep. Fully legal. 
Yep. But no film permits. I don't. I don't know how that works. Still, I think it's really just giving money to the government. But I think so too. It also depends on the location. Because if you're filming in public, I think that's when they typically want a permit. But again, I've yeah. never had to do that, so I don't really know. Yep. Also, Washington specifically is weird when it comes to films, in general. I remember as a kid when we went to film part of the Lord Vader at Fred Meyer. We were just like a bunch of kids and, and my mom, and we're, like we're dressed up in all these crazy costumes, and we go in there and we film for like thirty minutes. And then the manager or something came over and was like, hi, guys, you can't be here. You need to get, like, permission and, like, fill out this paperwork and stuff. We're like, oh, okay, bye. And so we left and filmed the rest of it outside. <laughs> Literally outside the door of Fred Meyer. <laughs> we were still yeah. on the property and there was, like, a Fred Meyer sign in the corner. It's hilarious. Yeah, and I think that's one of those instances of private property, making sure you get the owner's permission. Yep. You know, and we it... were, like, 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think really the where you would get in trouble with guerrilla filmmaking and and I'm I'm fully theorizing here is when you're you know not an ultra low micro budget filmmaker and you're actually like making money off your products mm-hmm. and then the government or whoever is like we we want some of that yeah that's very fair i mean there's probably a real legitimate purpose to film permits but i don't know that at the moment so. yeah the one exception I would say to getting permission is if it's something super, super quick. Like, let's say you're, like, in the back of a restaurant and you're filming only your table for, like, five minutes. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't feel like restaurant personally. Like, I would want to talk to the restaurant owner personally and maybe even, like, not just film in the back corner and, like, actually give their restaurant a shout-out. But that's just, like, creatives helping creatives. I yeah. I feel like your example might work better if you're, like in the middle of, like, the woods or, you know, the hills around Yakima, and it's like, well, this could be someone's property, or this could be public property, or this could be government property. We're just gonna film something here real quick. Yeah, like we did for Tatooine Trouble, and yeah. we did a little bit for a brand new surgery suit, too. Yeah. We just went up in the hills yeah. above Terrace Heights and just filmed, and there were some signs, and people go up there anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's so. not like filmmaking is the most illegal thing we could be doing up there. No, no, this is Yakima we're talking about. So we do have a little bit of experience with getting permits and getting permission from places, especially with when we were shooting or planning to shoot the Once Upon a Dance project. Remember, there's this alley right next to the Capitol Theater that we wanted to film a particular scene at. So we went and we, or you emailed them and asked them and they said something about there's construction happening around there so they couldn't clear it at the time or Mm -hmm. something. But they they weren't like, no, you could never do this. It was more like, yeah, you can, but... Like, the timing of right now. And then that worked out fine because we couldn't shoot the project anyway Yeah. at the time. So And ultimately what, what the Capitol Theater said was it's up to the city of Yakima mm-hmm. to essentially issue that permit, which I, I never actually looked into. Well, okay, I looked into it. There's no information on it, so it's going to take some calling well, and emailing and yeah. stuff. The thing is, we have some connections in the city, mm-hmm. city of Yakima, so... Yeah, we'll I mean, figure it out when we need to. Yeah. Honestly, not a top priority at the moment. Honestly, if anything, they should be excited that people are making art in Yakima, and I'm pretty sure they would be, at least the people that I'm thinking of. Some people would be, for yeah. sure. Um, Other people would probably be like, oh, you know, we never thought about that at all. Let's see what these dusty papers say. <laughs> And then there's going to be other people who are like, no, we don't want good things in this world. (laughs) Those people are running our city. Some of them. Yeah. Anyways, this is not a political podcast. Except for Matt Brown. Matt Brown is wonderful and we love him. (laughs) This is not a political podcast. We do not officially endorse 
Or do we? She does not officially. <laughs> I don't know who Matt Brown is. I'm sorry. He's a city councilman. Oh, uh, uh, yes, we officially endorse Matt Brown. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt Brown also has a podcast. <laughs> nice. It's called Accurate Perspective. And it's all about what's going on in Yakima. Is that a political podcast? It is. It is. There you go. Oh yeah, so as far as permits, so there was that. We've we've gotten you know, we've we've booked locations, we've paid for those. And we were always very clear too when yep. paying for these locations that like our intent is to film. Yep. Like we, we never tried to be sneaky about that. That just feels wrong. Yeah, there's no reason to be sneaky. Yeah. Like we're just gonna film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have heard some people say that as far as for when we get a little bit bigger to to a little, a little higher level of indie that if you have production insurance locations are likely to more likely to give it to you for free oh. or for a heavy discount but i mean we haven't got we're not at that at that stage we don't yet have the money for no, insurance not yet but we will soon so yeah. we're excited for all of the things all the things all the time yes that's our catchphrase if you couldn't tell already all the trees all the time was it trees? Mm-hmm. It was trees? It was trees. It was those branches that we turned into trees. <gasps> all the trees all the time. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen Not the Drama We Expected, go watch it on YouTube. Specifically because we worked so hard on the trees. <laughs> we spent days. Literally. Oh, my gosh. We got old tree branches from my old boss. She was, like, literally cutting down a bunch of trees, or, like, trimming a bunch of trees in her yard. And we just showed up yard. and bundled them into the back of With her permission. Pickup. Yes, we did. <laughs> Thank you. She was happy to get the trees out mm-hmm. of her hands. We were happy to have a million trees. Mm-hmm. And then they sat in our garage for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting few weeks. It was. We could hardly get in and out of the house. Yeah. The, Yeah. And then we bundled them all over to the location we filmed at, and we dra- left little sticks and twigs everywhere, and we took all the trees inside, and then we stuck them in cinder blocks to make them stand upright, and we had to pile like two or three cinder blocks, and they looked really cool. They me. did. They looked but so cool. For as many trees as we gathered, it hardly looks like there are any, like, in the film. It's, it's also weird. true that most camera angles were not that close to the trees. True. And then there was this archway that... Um, well, we all we both worked on it, and so some other people did too. But mostly, Brooke put together this beautiful archway with these flowers, and that took hours and hours oh and hours. Days. Oh, that man. was in our kitchen for like three days straight. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so there was that, and that that shows up fairly well, and that's where we took mm-hmm. the prom photos oh, yeah. for that. So that was that was cute. It was fun. That was a really fun project. Yeah. But that was hard to balance too. Like, mm-hmm. how are we gonna make this stand without like looking totally cattywampus? So. Yeah, the cinder blocks really were amazing yeah. lifesavers. Yeah. Anyway, so we got permission from that building. I think we swept it or something afterwards to get. Oh the, yeah. Get all I'll, the always out of there. clean up after yourself. Yes. Very yeah. well. Le- leave it cleaner than you than you arrived. Yeah. Number one rule of anything. Life. Yes. When we were naively trying to film 29 Trouble in the summer of 2021, we went and we looked at the state parks that are the old military forts on the west side. Fort Flagler, Fort Casey, and Fort Worden. And we actually looked up the, the, the state parks website of Washington and with the paperwork that we would need to fill out in order to film at these, get permission to film at these state parks. And the one of the big kickers that ended up letting ended up showing us that we needed to postpone the project 
was for one, they needed 90 days notice and we wanted to film in like two months instead of three months. It, it was 60 something. days notice, but we wanted to film exactly 60 days from the day I was looking it up. So Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not going to work. There was a $1 million insurance bond. Yep. Which isn't that expensive yeah. to get. It's less than $1,000. We actually, you know, we're planning to do this, but we didn't have quite that money and the few thousand additional to pay for the state park permit. So all in all, it's not that expensive. You just need to be prepared. We and were just ultra low micro budget at yep. the time. Ultra low micro budget. <laughs> also, I, do, I want that on a t-shirt. Ultra low micro budget. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> yeah, so it's really not that difficult or too expensive. Um, I mean, for an ultra low micro budget filmmaker, it's pretty expensive, but totally still doable. Yeah. I mean... And I think here's another benefit of, of Washington. If we were filming in L.A. or in some of those places where everybody's trying to film, there would be more of an urgency and a time crunch because, oh no, what if somebody else is trying to film in this spot? Nobody's wanting to film here. Yeah. I know they filmed a couple of movies at the forts. They filmed one big one and they might have filmed other ones, but we didn't know those for sure. Yeah, they filmed, oh shoot, what's it called? I don't remember what it is. I haven't seen it, but they talked about it. Some 90s war movie there. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Master and Commander. Shoot, what was it? It had something to do with gentlemen in the title. I don't remember. I don't remember that, but uh, I do remember seeing the paint. They they painted approximately half of this fort. Yeah, military green. Yeah, and like redid all the hinges on the doors because, you know, it's it's on the coast. Things get worn down over time. Mm-hmm. And they just filmed a whole movie there. Yeah. And it was super cool to to be, like, you know, you're walking down this hallway and you look right and, like, there's where they filmed and you can see the paint and, and the, and the yeah. non-rusty doors. And you look to your left and it's, like, there's a door that's halfway rusted completely <laughs> off and, like, then down the hallway it's completely dark. There's no lights. And, like, yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing something about there was like a Rod, Rodney Downer, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Roger Dirty Jr. Rodney Downer is what I was gonna say. <laughs> that guy, Tony Stark, he he was filming something there. Apparently, is what I was told, but I have no idea what it was. <laughs> or maybe I'm just remembering the wrong name. Which clearly, this is the next Benedict Cumberbatch. What? You, you've seen those jokes and memes, Benedict no. Cumberbatch? Never mind. What? I'll show you maybe, later. Maybe I've seen, but I don't remember. It's I don't know. his name, and yeah? you can like, misspell it a million different ways, and everyone knows that it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, Benito Cucumber Pile. <laughs> okay. That's, that's one of them. Borderline Cabbage Patch. That's another one. Hmm. It's like people intentionally misspelling his name. Was a joke? Yeah. Okay. Because just by, by looking at it, you know who, who it's referring to. That is about 40% funny. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's approximately 80% funny when you're actually like witnessing it in person. Explaining the joke literally drops half of its funniness. Well, it makes it more funny than me not knowing what you were talking That's about. That's true. Oh. Guys, I don't know memes. <laughs> yeah. People always explain them to me, and I always feel... Sometimes I feel annoyed when they do. I didn't feel annoyed right now. It's good. But I'm like, what do you think? I live under five rocks. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I don't anymore, but I did for I most of my life. I under five rocks. 
You've never heard me say that. Sometimes <laughs> I say seven rocks. <laughs> it's like I lived under a rock or I grew up under a rock, but it's so much better. Yep. I yeah. St- I stole that from somebody. Oh. <laughs> lived under five rocks. <laughs> now she's going to notice every single time I say it. It's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, after all that, what I was going to say was, what do we do as filmmakers? Mm. And what do our people that we've worked with for do? Yeah. Since we have owned an LLC the entire time we've been making movies together, we tend to go about things slightly more legitimately than some of our peers, solely and literally only because government. Not to say that's a bad thing, but it keeps us more accountable mm-hmm. of our, our money, especially. Thank you, IRS. We love you. So when it comes to like paying for venues, you know, we use the business money. When it comes to buying food for the cast and crew, we try and use our business money because um, we actually make a little bit of money mm-hmm. from time to time. A lot of our, our filmmaking friends in Yakima, uh, they'll contact their whole cast and crew, pick a location, maybe some random parking lot in the middle of the night and just go, um, which is great. I'm always down for those kind of shoots. Uh, super fun. That is, I feel, the epitome of guerrilla filmmaking, when you just kind of go and do it. Not that they're like necessarily doing anything illegal. They're not breaking into anything. They're not mm-hmm. trespassing on private property. We've done that, you know, on a public sidewalk in the middle of the day. Again, not that there's anything wrong with filming in the middle of the night in an empty parking lot. Love yeah. those shoots. Uh, <laughs> We mostly film at a specific coffee shop called Mac Daddy's on First Ave. First and Staff Sergeant Pendleton. That that one. Right next to the jail. We love mm-hmm. that coffee shop. They have really good drinks, and they always let us film there. Mark is a super awesome guy. Yeah, yeah for real. Really cool looking coffee shop, too. Very mm-hmm. film worthy. Yes. Um, we have filmed twice there. Yeah. And we'll film more there. Yeah, hopefully. We filmed in our house a lot. Mm-hmm. We've filmed... At friends' houses. At friends' houses. We filmed a whole movie at your parents' house once. Yeah. There was one time we didn't ask permission on a place, but that was the museum. So I don't know if that really counts. I think that's the most guerrilla thing we've done yeah. in recent times. Yeah, it was Sunset. We just finished filming the majority of... Let's see if I can remember it. Not the... No, no. You can do it. This is my own movie. I directed this. I noticed. <laughs> Not what we ever previously thought we had the capacity for. Yes, yes, yes. I told you. Okay. Good job. Good job. <clears throat> that movie. I call it the sequel because I can't remember the title. No, we expected to. Also, answers to that name. Yeah, so we just finished It's like the that. awkward middle child with the, the, the really bizarre name that kind of is embarrassed by it. I don't yeah. know if that's a thing or not, but it just mm-hmm. popped into my head. We're both oldest children, so I don't know if we can attest to that really. My sisters will gladly collect, connect, c- correct me if I'm wrong if they watch this, but they will also not relate to having weird names. All my family has very standard names. Yeah. On purpose. Anyway, we just finished that movie, and we had like one scene left, and it was the opening scene, and we get to this park right at sunset, and we're filming on the steps, and it's supposed to look like a high school, but it's a museum. But it looks really like a high school, yeah. you know, when you've got a bunch of teenage-ish looking people with backpacks sitting in front of this building. It's, yeah, it worked out really great, but um, for that one, we literally just arrived. Yeah. 
It also helped that they were closed on that day anyways, so yes. it's not like there were going to be people walking in and mm-hmm. up like, what are you doing? Yeah, we were not interfering with business at all. Nope. The parking lot, you know, was practically empty anyways. And, and people park there all the time anyway yeah. for the park and then for the pool. Or it's a school the and a park open, and a pool, but yeah. 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 So that's probably the closest we've come to legitimate guerrilla filmmaking yeah. in my memory. Or would you count the Franklin Arches? But that's like a public park too. Technically that's part of the school. Yeah, but everybody treats it like a public park. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't intentionally go to private property that we've never gone to before like we go to franklin all the time yeah we know we know the place really well um we know the habits of the people who go there the one thing about filming at the museum was that if you look carefully in the background of some of the shots there's this huge like blue and white banner that talks about the yakima museum and (laughs) and i was trying to not get it in the shot i mean i wasn't the one in charge of the camera I presume Gage was trying to get keep it from not getting in the shot and succeeding in not getting in the shot. But like, mm-hmm. if you know where to look, you can see it says like museum, <laughs> or like the corner of the word or something. Yeah. If you go watch that video and you see that sign, leave a comment on the video so we know that we're not crazy. Yeah. I wonder how many people are now gonna pause this and run over. <laughs> that would be so fun. Probably no one. I'm too lazy to do that myself. <laughs> Well, if they now hear that we're talking about them, then they'll be like, oh, if I don't do it, oh man, they're going to think I didn't watch their video. Or maybe they'll have some more heinous reason. Who knows? Or maybe they're just lazy and they don't care about us. <laughs> or maybe they just care more about us right now than that one movie. Like, I want to watch what they're saying now. They're really getting rambly. Yeah. And this is sort of ridiculous at this yeah. point. What's our topic? Did I answer your question? You asked me a question. What do we do? Did I answer that? I feel like you did, yeah. Oh, what do we do as far as crew? Who do we bring onto the film set? Anyone and everyone. Mostly Trevor. Lately. (laughs) Yeah, lately. (laughs) (laughs) So for us, our bare bones crew is um, director, producer, DP, and possibly usually another camera person if we're working with multiple cameras, which Mm -hmm. we've done for the Mm -hmm. not the most recent project, but a most recent project. So I wouldn't really count that as skeleton crew. So director, DP, producer, producer, usually yes. Lighting always a must. Sometimes that's that's usually usually the DP. Not usually for us. Really? Is lighting usually you? Well, yes. But okay. um, Recently, it's been Trevor. Yeah. Which has been amazing because he's the best lighting guy I've ever met, film or theater. Yeah. Um, And then sound. So those are kind of the five components that we, at least lately, have been trying to have as a skeleton crew. And, and yeah, so cinematographer or additional camera sound lighting people. Sound um, person, yes. We didn't say sound person. I did. You did? <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so, so sound, lights, camera, director. Yeah. Kind of your skeleton crew there. Yeah. One thing we're trying to get better at is not having everybody do all the things and trying to have designated grips. Yep. But when you're looking last minute for people, there's not a lot of people who want to just carry stuff and stand around. Understandably, I wouldn't want to do it either. <laughs> the standing around part especially. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But we've been trying to get better about not expecting the actors to do a bunch of work because they're working on their characters, they're doing all kinds of things, maybe working on lines. Like, they don't need to, like, help us, ki- like, lug a bunch of stuff around, like, yeah. a bunch of stands and equipment. They don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, our next step of leveling up as far as crew. 
And we do plan to be able to actually start paying people for our projects. Not for every single project, but for the bigger ones mm -hmm. coming up this year in 2023. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, incentive. Well, how do we want to wrap this up? Anything specific? Like advice we could give to people, general opinions? Who wants to hear tapes? advice from us? I don't know, like filmmakers? We're like the newest to the filmmaking scene. But we still have value to add. Okay, I believe you. Like literally that's, I mean not advice specifically, but that's the entire reason why we started this podcast is because yeah. people are like, yeah, you have valuable things to say. We want it, we like hearing you talk about things and we think like you would add something that's not already there. Hmm. Well, that's the cool. Pod, the, film, the film podcasting community essentially. Yeah. So, before, because before that we never considered it. No, but like, yeah. podcasts? Nah. Podcasts are cool. Those. Yeah, I like podcasts, but like, I don't know. It's the imposter syndrome, you know? Just mm -hmm. fighting against the imposter syndrome. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so if there's one thing I would tell people, um, either in the indie film community already, or thinking about starting, or wherever you are in the film journey, I would just say that, like, do quality things. You know, everyone talks about quantity over quality. Do one film a month and submit them all to film festivals, or just do it. Which, yeah. That's a place to start. That is a good place, place to start. not a place to continue for a long time in our No. Opinion. You need time to develop a quality movie, mm -hmm. even if it's only going to be like 10 or 20 minutes long. I mean, look at Suck, for example. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if Kyle had written and directed and produced that in one month? It would not be nearly the quality it is. Mm -mm. And that's, that's what I want. I want to produce one piece, I would rather produce one quality piece of work in a year that I can truly say I'm actually proud of and have learned a lot through, rather than 12 mediocre at best films of varying lengths that I would look back and be like, yeah, I learned some stuff, but I'm not proud of the final product. Yeah. And that's just me, you know, if, if you want to go and make a dozen films in one year, Power to you. I mean, that is a lot we of know work. People who've done that. Yeah, and it's like mind-boggling. Yeah, the, the amazingness of that. It is, but um, yeah, for me, that's that's just a lot of unnecessary stress that you could be, you know, not having, and a lot of time that you would be spending yeah. on things that probably really won't be as good as they could be if you actually just even put double the amount of work into them. Do six in a year, you yeah. know, and have them be twice as good as they would have been otherwise. Yeah, so, that's my advice. Dang it, now I, I have to advise, have advice too. It's gotta be as good as that too. Oh man, oh man. If you could tell yourself two years ago something, what would you tell? Because two years ago was approximately the release of Tattooing Trouble. Oh my god. I know. Dang. Now look where we are. What would you tell yourself? I would tell myself, myself to stop waiting for money. Because that's why I didn't make movies for five years. We can't just keep nodding forever, Kate. <laughs> this is very true. This is how we end podcasts now. Sorry to all you who listen on the only. <laughs> just nodding, staring blankly to the camera. Um. <laughs> I think this is the dorkiest episode we've done. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um. Alrighty, with that. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, like, subscribe, or whatever you do on this platform. 
we uh, we really appreciate feedback. Um, mm-hmm. If you've been listening for a while, um, let us know. Uh, send us a message on Instagram. Uh, leave a comment on YouTube. I don't know if Spotify has anything like that. Probably I not. I think they have a thing, at least on some that I've seen. But well, okay, do whatever you want to do, or not. It's up to you. Um, do the right thing. Whatever that is. Thanks for <laughs> so, watching. What you said <laughs> sounded like postmodernism, so oh I had gosh. to throw something in there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't be a postmodernist. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see or hear or you'll hear us <laughs> next time. Take care. <laughs>